Uvalde, Texas. Once again, our homeland, the U.S., experienced another mass casualty shooting, this time at a school where children were slaughtered. Um, this is, let's talk with Robert Asensio and David Magnuson today to discuss the continued saga that's facing our country. Uh, I would say it's an epidemic. Welcome, David. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Okay. This is a retired, for those of you that don't know him, retired police chief David Magnuson. He was a formerly with the city of El Portal, but before that he was the chief of Halflock uh, Police Department in North Carolina. And before that he was with the city of Miami for 30 years, um, rose to the ranks to the rank of major, uh, city of Miami Police Department, a guy that's been in the street, walked the walk and been in, uh, impacted and, and has been involved in a number of these type incidents. David, what do, what do we know about where uh, so we can get right into the uh, conversation here? Well, it's still evolving. I mean, and, and depending on who you're talking to or what news source you're getting, you're getting tidbits of information uh, that are coming out. And, and some information counters other information that you might have heard earlier. Uh, usually it's a good rule of thumb, 72 hours, maybe even longer before you can, before this information that's sifting through uh, begins to, to make some sort of sense. Uh, yesterday there was an AP report that, that parents had to basically scream, you know, for, for action to be taken. Uh, and then you hearing on one hand where, you know, uh, there were shots fired outside, then you're hearing that the shots fired inside and, it was a report yesterday that I heard, uh, and again, it counters all the other reports that there was some engagement that took place with an officer and 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 the offender, the assailant, but no shots were fired. Uh, so it's going to take some time before we get all the facts and and we, we we take those other bits of information that you know are, are a little bit off and push them out of the way, so we get a much clearer picture. And obviously, that's going to come when the after action report's done, but that's. That's down the road. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's unfolding. It's still unfolding. So as former incident commanders ourselves who manage a scene of multiple incidents, uh, sadly at times, right, throughout the years, we know that one of the biggest, I guess, one of the biggest tasks for an incident commander, anybody that's overseen a, an incident is command and control, right? You have to command and control the scene. You have to bring resources to the scene and then you have to deploy them appropriately so we know so far that we have an 18 year old guy that was armed uh, shot his grandmother at home had supposedly put some uh, messages had messaged what he was intent on doing uh, to a couple people on the internet and then he went out and drove his truck to to near the school where he crashed and then entered the building and it, it apparently it's 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 being reported that he had subject exchange fire or no, shot at some people that were in a business net pretty close to the school before gaining entry into the school. Right. Correct. And then we know that the subject, or at least the information is coming out now, apparently the subject entered the building, uh, unobstructedly. Um, and then inside the building, uh, it's unknown whether he started killing the people right as he entered or he barricaded himself when he's, when he was barricaded in that room was when he committed those horrific acts. But David, let's let's look at, you know, this is the second mass shooting, casualty shooting we've had in a magnitude that's made national news, international news, I would say, in, in the span of less than a week. Um, what do you attribute this to? What's what's going on, man? From a law enforcement perspective, what do you think is what we can draw from here? Well, the the Buffalo incident a couple weeks ago was 
was pure evil that was based on 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 hate on hatred this incident was pure evil it, it wasn't driven by a political ideology at the end of the day it makes no difference mm -hmm. you had bad people with weaponry that went in and killed people for no reason now this was a school it a, a school with with young children in there um what do i attribute it to I mean, the answer is complex. One could say, well, the weaponry is out there. Yes, there's weaponry out there. Uh, there's just evil intent out there. There's, there's issues out there. There's mental health issues out there as well. And, and really to put that to the side, it's, it's more, what can we do to protect these? I'll stick with the school, the school incident. What can we do to protect the most valuable resource that we have as a society, our children? What can we do to protect it? You talked about incident command on, on this situation or command and control a little while ago. You know, as you know, the ICS system started by the fire department for the wildfires in California in the late 70s. And there's a reason. ICS for stands for incident command. Correct. Right. Okay. And there's there's a reason for that. It, it was a prolonged effort that needed to be undertaken. And so you need to have proper um, parts in place. Uh, with with a with a police action incident command certainly as as it gets prolonged you set up an ICS system with commanders running the scene and, and everything like it it's in depth uh, but it's not rocket science on an incident like this that first officer on the scene whoever that is is technically that commander right there yeah there is no time to be setting up formal incident command at that point this is a re, uh, this is an incident where there's a reaction, much like if you're going to any scene in progress. Afterwards, you can set it up at this point, and we'll talk about the school again, action has to be taken immediately. And hopefully through training, you, one realizes this and they take that appropriate action immediately. If you're gonna stop and wait and start doing everything that ICS calls for at that point, you're losing valuable, valuable time. You know, you know here in South Florida, we trained um, in, in rapid action entry, right? Rapid entry. The first couple officers on the scene, you have an active shooter, you go in, right? Um, and, and apparently it's, there's some question as to whether or not that happened, whether there was immediate entry or the officers who were being fired upon to ground and to cover and began to shoot at back at exchange fire at the, at the subject. But, but we do know that South Florida, we train to go into the scene and go and go after the target or subject and kill the subject or take the subject out, stop the carnage. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, this, this whole idea that look, let, let's face it. The U S has more gun violence, reported gun violence than, than most other countries across the world. Um, countries that are not at war. And then we'll question some, some countries that are in war, uh, you know, people killing fellow Americans and, and what are our, our government, our leaders doing to stop that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we get into a, a political realm here. What my thoughts, it shouldn't are, be political. It shouldn't no, be. It shouldn't be. And, and that's the point, safety, man. that's the point I'm trying to make. Uh -huh. We are repeating something that took place in 1999. It took place in 2012. And, and other times afterward, it took place in Parkland a couple of years ago. My question is, and this is where the political realm comes in, 
what are the people that represent us? What have they done to, to at least alleviate some of this? What have they done? And if they haven't done anything, why not? Why no, not? It, you know, there's, there's some things that are in play that, that were done here in the state of Florida to the credit. I think then Governor Scott, when they raised the rifle age uh, from 18 to 21. Yeah, I was in the legislature when we did that. And that, that was that took, you know, what, what, what caused that to come about? It was really crazy. You had Parkland and then you had a, the kid, the swell of children coming up to the Capitol to protest. Unprecedented. They had not seen that in a long time. So they forced the legislators to take action. Look, I, I hate to make this a partisan issue, but we know that Republicans are pro more pro guns than Democrats. Democrats generally want some level of gun control safety. Uh, gun measures often it's it's believed that all democrats want to strip americans of their guns that's not the case i'm democrat i don't want to strip people of their guns i think we need safety measures in place safeguards because i know as a police officer and i want to ask you about your thoughts did you ever have somebody coming after you with a gun i did yes and and maybe it was some and often it was someone who shouldn't have had a gun it was a criminal we need to go after those criminals correct right and I heard Ted Cruz say something yesterday, it really pissed me off. And it was something that said that was along the lines, we need to go after the mentally ill, as if mentally ill is a crime, not a crime. But we're not addressing those issues. We're not seeing the signs. We're not, you know, I'm sorry to go off, but this is, this is a topic that really, really gets me because children have died, man. And the state of Florida, well, let's, let's talk about Texas first. In Texas, Florida raised the, Legal age to buy a long gun to, I'm sorry, Florida raised the age to buy a legal, legally a long gun to the age of 21. Texas, they went the other way around. They went from 21 to 18. As a matter of fact, Governor Greg Abbott, a couple of years ago, actually last year, signed the law into, into, into effect that, that make Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Don't you think we should be making safety the priority? Well, yeah, yes. And, and, and let me let me go off now a little bit. What I see when you see a party that is politicized during a during an epidemic, pandemic, vaccines and masks, when they have politicized a woman's right to choose, then I hear a senator blast a sports team that had the wherewithal to talk about gun safety and they make statements in the realm of why are you politicizing this i mean mm -hmm. stop and think about that that's the best you can do is to attack the miami heat and i guess the golden state warriors or steve kerr or what have you for stepping up and speaking out because you do have a platform to be able to speak through a through a major sports organization don't interfere don't politicize this Really? That's the party that's going to say that after they politicize the heck out of masks and vaccine? Really? And this is where the issue lays. This is where because the leadership, well, you can't really complain about it because there isn't any. This is a time now for both sides of the aisle to get together and take some some action with some substance. I think yeah. the people want it. The people demand it. And I'm going to say if it's not done or if nothing's done with one foot in front of the other, this tragedy that, that we see all too often is going to happen again. Yeah, it, it happened within five days, right? 
one followed the other. You know, this is not about like, again, I can't say it enough. This is not about taking guns away from people. This is about, you know, putting some safety measures in place, some common sense legislation. You know, it, it, you just said something that really struck me. And let's come back to the state of Florida, the governor. And there's no bash on him. This is this is reality. This is facts. You know, he says it. We comment on it. He said before he leaves the state, his office, right before he leaves his his governorship, he wants to pass constitutional carry in the state of Florida. That means that most people will be able to carry firearms. Now, the logic is that good people will be able to protect themselves. And we know that. But the reality is that that doesn't stop a person who would commit a crime that's right now a good person, a person who's never had a criminal incident from committing a crime. But here's the other part of this. Do we want everybody to carry a firearm? Just give them a blanket law to carry a firearm without training? I mean, why do we train police officers to carry guns? Do we not train them, and hold them accountable, and then retrain them, recertify them to ensure that they know what the danger and the liability that it is to carry a firearm? You know, law enforcement isn't for that. I mean, we've had these discussions before. They're, they're not for open carry. Nobody wants to see somebody walking, first of all, open carry or, or concealed without without the training, open carry walking down the street like we're, we're back in Dodge City, uh, or being able to go to Walmart that you see the you see the pictures with somebody that uh, decides they want to strap an AR-15, sling an AR-15 and just go into Walmart, a male or female. I mean, why? Because you can do it. I mean, is, is that the bottom line? If you're talking about d defending yourself, why do you need to strap a rifle to the to your back? We go back to Dallas when we had that incident with the sniper. You had one guy because they can do it walking down the street with a with a uh, with a AR-15 slung. Now he gets taken down to the ground because you have a sniper. You don't know who. I mean, what's the mindset of during a time where you know that cops are being sniped at? You already had a loss of life of law enforcement that you are going to put a strap on an AR-15 because you can and walk down the street. I mean, there's a certain ignorance that went goes with that. Dallas police took him down. He got cleared. He didn't get charged. He couldn't. But in the realm of common sense and intelligence, he failed miserably. And that's my concern with everybody now with Napoleon complexes. Listen, I'm a Second Amendment person. You know, I, I, I'm all for firearms. What I am against is spinelessness and the eunuchs that have taken over our political landscape because they're afraid for whatever reason to take action. Yeah. The reality is that, that, that what we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, there was a mother that was featured on or interviewed a mother and a father who lost their daughter. The father, I believe is a police officer locally in, in Texas and you Verde. And, and the mother was crying, man. It was, a, it was a gr gripping, gripping interview. And, and she just, she says it. These incidents continue to occur. There's a lot of talk, but there's very little action taken to stop the, you know, the, the ease of anyone being able to acquire a firearm, um, especially a long gun, an assault style firearm, a weapon of war. You know, I, I believe that you should be able to carry them if you want, but maybe we need a permit. Maybe we need to license people. Maybe we need to have them insurance you know have them retain insurance but, but here's another thing what struck me earlier what you said and what struck me with the what the mother said was you have legislators telling women you know restricting what a person can do with their body right but yet 
They have no compulsion about restricting people. We just passed a 15-week abortion ban here in the state of Florida, supposedly to protect life. But yet, they will not stand up to the industry that is making money off the sale of these firearms, that continues to make the sale of these firearms. As a matter of fact, armor companies, and I have nothing against it because it is, it is, a, it is a business. I'm, I saw that in the stock market. Their stocks went up after yesterday's shootings because they know that laws coming down. They're going to restrict the sale of firearms. The restriction of sale of firearms means that the prices are going to go up. So they're banking it. But yet lawmakers will not go after them. They'd rather go after women and minority groups, groups that have been mar marginalized in society than to go after companies and industries and, and keep us safe. This is just driving me nuts. And I want to get your perspective as a law enforcement, you know, retired chief who was responsible for a lot of police officers under your command. How do you keep them safe? How do you keep the citizens safe? If the lawmakers are not doing what they need to be doing. We, we, we need the lawmakers on our, on our side. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because there are some that every time you turn around, they're taking photo ops with cops. Uh, you know, I guess that's 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 the end thing. That's not to get political. People have the groups have their own political ideologies. And that that's fine. I, I think that's that's great. So long as you're not on the extremes of either side, you know, the, the strength of this country is in moderation and good sound debate. Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan conversations where you can reach across and come up with some substantive uh, type of legislation and talk about it. Uh, I heard something the other day that struck me and they said and it. it it was in the paper too. What can we do to stop? There's nothing you can do in an incident like this to, to, to stop it from happening. And I would say the same thing about hurricanes. We can't do a darn thing to stop a hurricane from hitting us, but what do we do each every year? We go through training. We, we, we get prepared and we, it may happen. It may not. There's constant vigilance and we're all on the same page. And As they, a matter of fact, there, there's the preparedness and, and response side of it, right? You prepare to prevent. Correct. Correct. And to, and and if it does hit, because it will hit, correct. Then that's you that, prepare to manage. That's that's not to compare the two. What I'm getting at is why do why are we so good at the preparation? Why are we so good at, at after the fact when you know where we have the people coming in FEMA and everything working? Why? Because it was it's not hurricanes are not politicized. Yeah, man. This has gotten politicized, and because of that. Our tires are spinning in the mud. We're going nowhere fast. But here's the thing. Children got killed again. If that doesn't shock the hell out of people all across the political landscape, nothing will. No. I mean, how often does this have to happen? Yeah, how many more times will it happen again? So we've been speaking to uh, retired police chief David Magnuson. We're on Miami's community newspaper. We're talking about the incident at Uverde, but it's it's broader than that. A reoccurring um theme across the country uh, what what lessons can we draw from this david actions need to be taken uh we still don't know the whole story of the police response so it's probably not fair to comment on exactly what took place and what didn't i can say this that if it was if the person was in there for 40 minutes that was that was far too long far too long and if there's a train, if there's training issues, or maybe for all departments, small departments, if there was an issue where they didn't have the weaponry, maybe smaller departments need to be able to have that weaponry and training to be able to address an issue immediately. Again, all the facts haven't come out yet. So again, rather than being speculative, let's stick the facts. We yes, just had another. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. We you had said- another tragedy take place. You can turn the clocks back to 1999. Let, let's go. Let's go back to to 66 in Texas. The the Texas sniper. Mm-hmm. And again, it was the immediate response of two officers that went up that place immediately and took them out. The tower, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and that's the mindset that has to, has to be an immediate response. How do we keep the community safe? I mean, that, that's... that's so, so, so here's a, here's a good point to, to make to people. So for any of you that talk about defunding the police, it's not about defunding the police. It's about appropriately funding them. It's about ensuring that, that they're adequately funded to be able to respond to such situations. We know post any tragedy where, where, where law enforcement has made a mistake, we go back and we analyze and, and often the 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 cause of the mess up or the the disservice that the law enforcement has or any any type of public service has has provided or committed to the public goes trains back can be traced back to training. It's very expensive to, to train police officers, but we have to train them. We have to train them and ensure that they're equipped for such incidents. We have to train them and continue to train them to make sure that there's a balance in the services that they provide to lawful citizens and and how they go after, how they, they, they treat criminals. David, um, you know, I think we should do a, a show on training and, and the significance and the importance of why we train our officers and demand so much from them. South Florida, we have great standards, high standards of our officers, but we need to make sure that the public understands that it's being a police officer. It's not easy, man. Oh, well, when you hear the, 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 the uh, arguments to they don't need that weaponry or the police, why do they need this? Or, you know, no, no, absolutely. We do need it. And that's exactly why police need it with the training that goes along with it. We are fighting evil out there and evil that has better weaponry than police is unacceptable. The police need to have the weaponry to, to, to attack it, to address it and address it quickly. Uh, but that being said, uh, at the end of the day, we certainly need that backup, our 15, as they would say here, from, from, from the legislators to, to assist us in doing so. More than a photo op that they're taking pictures with us. Yeah, my, my, comment to, my comment to the legislators, my comment to the governor, my comment to the congressman, my comment to the president, senators, is this. Stop talking. We need action. It's time to come together. People are dying unnecessarily, and we need, we need, we need you who represent us to legislate and come up with the laws. And then we need you to back our officers quit with the rhetoric. Um, you know, rhetoric is cheap. It gets you some points. Maybe you'll win some officers on your side or some military on your side or, or responders on your side. But at the end of the day, it's about protecting all of us. Let's stop with the talk because this is just horrific. I guarantee you that there will be another mass shooting sadly in the near future. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but, but we need action across the board. Would, any last thoughts, David? Because we have to close this out. This is a conversation we can go on forever. Um, and it deserves more more, more discussion. But right now, for today, we're going to have to bring numbing. it to an end. It's just numbing. It's numbing. It, there's a call in the air. It, there's a sadness. And like, as you said, action must needs to be taken now. I mean, if not now, then when? That is true. That is so true. On that note, we've been listening to and speaking with uh, retired police chief David Magnuson. I am Robert Asensio, your host uh, to the Millers, Miami's community news uh, team, our producers, Gerald Iliang on the background. We can't thank you enough. Please uh, like, tweet, retweet, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel, but please help us get this information out 
And more importantly, drop us a line. Let us know what you think, because this conversation involves each and every one of you. And let the those that are elected know how you feel. And if they don't work for you, vote them out of office because they don't deserve to be there if they're not working for all of us. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time.